We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. It's Sam Adams. We're constantly improving who we are, what we do, and how we brew. We may craft over 60 styles of beer, but it's Boston Lager that has captured the heart of America since 1984. With its deep amber color, caramel notes, and signature hop character, what better to have in your pint glass? Sam Adams Boston Lager. Pursue better. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Save responsibly. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you as always by DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com, of course, is the leader in daily fantasy sports. If you go to DraftKings, you can use the promo code Rotowire. That's R O T O W I R E, and you can deposit free, and you'll get a free contest entry with that promo code. It is Wednesday, September thirtieth, the year twenty fifteen. Happy 43rd birthday to former Falcons great Jamal Anderson. I think we need to touch on that before anything. Yeah, did you, uh, did you get that birthday card out? I did. I did. I got it out just in time. And, nice. You know, Jamal just texted me before the podcast, said thank you, and, and he appreciated it. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely the most notable birthday today. I'm Nick Whalen. I am here, as always, on, on Wednesday nights with Rotowire's own Mike Doria. Mike, ton to talk about this week. Week four approaching, still you know, discussing the residual effects of what went on in week three. As always, we're going to talk mostly about the injuries on Wednesday. Most I teams thought that, we were going to mostly talk about the Patriots and Jaguars. Well, that I mean, that's kind of what we end up usually talking about. It usually ends up about 60-40 Jags-Patriots talk, yeah, but, but we this, do our best. This week, there's actually some good context. Yeah, exactly. There actually is. So we can, we can discuss it without feeling bad about it. And, and, and to those of you who probably aren't already aware, I'm a Patriots fan because I was born in New England, not because I jumped on the bandwagon when they got good. And Nick Whalen is a Jaguars fan. I'm not quite sure. Hey, because what the story I jumped on the bandwagon when, when they got good. No, uh, I, which, I, which week was that? <laughs> which week wasn't it, Mike? Um, yeah, I really don't have an explanation for my fandom, but we, we obviously sit on very opposite spectrums uh, as far as success goes uh, with our teams over the last decade and a half years. So two two different perspectives there. Um, how's it going, Mike? I haven't really talked to you much this week, and you've been doing a lot of work with the injury reports. Yeah, you know, keeping busy. Um, wondering what's happening with that uh, that uh, jersey that you ordered there. That's a great question. I've been getting hassled uh, for weeks now because I don't own a Jacksonville Jaguars jersey. Even though I do actually own one, it is a kid's medium, Mark Brunel, so it's, it had to be retired a couple of years ago when I finally grew out could, of the like, kid's medium You could turn that size. into some sort of basketball workout cutoff or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I could. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to. I might. I might maybe in the future. But I did recently order, this time last week, I think, it was a, exactly a week from today, a Byron Leftwich Jacksonville Jaguars jersey nice. used, of course. Uh, not by Byron Leftwich, unfortunately, but by someone else. And I, it was supposed to be shipped today, and it was shipped today, but I realized that the website on which I bought it, eBay, I had my old address saved on there, and I, I moved, uh, switched apartments at, at when my lease was up in August. So I forgot. Wow. I haven't haven't ordered anything from eBay since then. So that's on me, I guess. So it shipped to my old address, and I stopped by there this morning to to try to pick it up, but they said that they the post office had taken it back because well, it was at least the, wrong the doorbell so, wasn't answered by someone in a Jaguars jersey saying no way you're getting it yeah back right I, I was just like I was prepared to rip a Byron Leftwich jersey off of a, a poor man or woman but no I didn't have to do that so I'm going to be getting it tomorrow um I'll, I'll wear it of course for the podcast next yeah, Wednesday we want to see that because um, if, if unfortunately this is not simulcast though gonna have to reach out to the listeners and uh, see if uh, anyone's got any Jaguars paraphernalia laying around <laughs> they want to send to Rotowire headquarters. Do you remember a couple years ago when they came out with the Jag rags? I do not. I think it was like a really, really, really ill-conceived attempt to try to like rip off the terrible towel. Yeah, yeah, the terrible towels and, were cool. Right, the terrible towels were and are cool. And it's just something that started so long ago that you just can't replicate it. And yeah, as, as you can imagine, the Jag rags didn't last a, a very long. I've been trying to buy one just for novelty's sake. Uh, for a while, and they're very hard to find. So if you have a Jag rag uh, laying yeah. around, feel free to or send just, that just in. Just any quality Jaguars paraphernalia that uh, that you, you want to get rid of, send it into Rotowire. 
Uh, if it's uh, not a jersey or, or um, article of clothing, doesn't matter what size, but if it's a jersey, Nick, you're a medium, right? I am a medium. All right, cool. So that, that's a challenge to the, to the podcast listeners. Um, send us JAG stuff. All right, um, so if you're not familiar with the podcast, if you haven't listened to the first couple of weeks of the season, Wednesdays we talk about the injury reports, teams that play on Sundays. Generally, uh, their, their injury report for the week begins to get a little bit more clear on Wednesday as you know players who are maybe being rested are back at practice and, and those who are maybe more injured than, than we thought they were are still sitting out. So we'll go team by team and talk about all the relevant injuries. Before we do that, just a reminder that all RotoWire podcasts, including this one, are available for subscription on both iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave us a nice review if you're listening on either of those platforms. You can also listen directly from the RotoWire website, rotowire.com slash pod. You can listen to all of our podcasts there, and you can download them directly as MP3s, and then you can import them um, to whatever you use, whether it be iTunes or something else, and put them on whatever device you like. Yeah, Nick, I, I felt like I had to get that JAG stuff in real quick because it, we're getting to the point of the year where injuries are starting to pile up. I mean, the first couple of weeks, you know, they, the injury reports were rather light, but they're building up, and uh, by mid-season, you're going to see, like, the Patriots listing 20 people as questionable every week and things like that. And, uh, I, you know, every week a quarterback or two goes down, a running back or two goes down. And that just creates new context, new value, lots to talk about. Yes, absolutely. And we'll start, as we normally do, in the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles, they're at Washington this week after getting their first win over the Jets in Week 3. DeMarco Murray did not play in that game against the Jets. He's still limited with a hamstring injury. And Ryan Matthews played pretty well in his place. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing about the Eagles' offense not clicking and the line not opening up holes for DeMarco. And then, you know... Matthews comes in, does well. Uh, I'm not saying that Marco, DeMarco Murray was completely to blame for the, his lack of production in the, in the uh, first couple of games there, but it is telling that uh, you know Matthews steps in and does well. Um, the, the, main, the main thing that we have to consider here is what's the carry breakdown going to be once they're both healthy? Well, we, we, we're not 100% sure that Murray's coming back this week. Um, that's one that's probably going to be determined later in the week. Obviously, if, if Matthews is heading that backfield, even with Darren Sproles around as the change of pace guy, he's a nice you know play in week four. But if uh, if they're both playing, uh, I don't think we can automatically assume that Murray you know gets the bulk of the carries uh, as he did in the first couple of weeks. Right. It could be a situation like we saw with Green Bay on Monday night where Eddie Lacy was cleared to play, but he was still maybe around 70%. So James Starks ended up getting probably 40% of the carries. So if DeMarco Murray isn't 100% come Sunday, uh, we could see a shared workload there. You mentioned Darren Sproles. He had two touchdowns in this game, ran for one, and then brought a punt back as well. But he, was, he had just 11 carries for 17 yards. And I think I don't know if anybody's declaring that this Philadelphia offense is back after this win. I mean, Bradford completed only 50% of his passes. And when you look at the rushing breakdown, I mean, yeah, they, they topped 100 yards. They ran for 123 yards as a team, but it was on 38 carries, and that, that gives you a per-carry average of just 3.2. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole thing is is that, uh, you know, this week I think Ryan Matthews looks like a good fantasy play if, if, if Murray is somehow ruled out. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, Jordan Matthews, the, the wideout, but uh, it's it's not the fantasy goldmine that people were picturing entering the year. You know, oh yeah, that offense. There's going to be three, four guys a week that are like piling up stats, and now you're kind of like uh, dig- digging through the the rubble there for, uh, for 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 
to, to mine fantasy gold. Exactly. All right, the Washington Redskins, they play Philadelphia this week, as we said. Deshaun Jackson, still not back at practice, remains questionable. I think there was hope that he would be back for week four when he initially yeah, suffered the Yeah, that was kind of on injury. the uh, best-case scenario side, I, I would I would imagine. Um, I mean, he's not ruled out or anything like that. But, um, you know, Pierre Garçon and tight end Jordan Reed, you know, combined for nine catches on 21 targets in week three. Uh, Jameson Crowder had uh, six six catches uh at 45 yards, caught all of his targets. Um, you know, they, they're, they're getting by with, with, uh, with that crew, but uh, obviously when Jackson comes back, he, he's going to be the deep threat. And with his hamstring injury there, you, you definitely want him to be 100%. You want him to be able to air it out. So I would, I would guess that they would probably err on the side of caution this week. All right, the Dallas Cowboys coming off of their first loss of the season in Week 3 to Atlanta. They traveled to New Orleans for the Sunday night game, and what could be a matchup of uh, Brandon Whedon versus Luke McCown uh, if Drew Brees sits out. And we'll, it's a matchup of brutally efficient quarterbacks, right, at least I, for, I, that, for last week, that Yeah, is. this is one of those matchups that you kind of wish the league would allow them to, to flex out, um, but obviously too early in the season for that. Tony Romo, we know he's out. Des Bryant, we know he's out. Other than that, no real new injuries in Week 3. Well, we could talk briefly about Brandon Whedon. 22 of 26 for 232 yards, a pick uh, in that loss. He was impressive from a, an efficiency standpoint, but he didn't throw the ball downfield. I mean, Terrence Williams didn't have a catch. Obviously, their best outside threat. Um, and and once, once they fell behind, you know, once Atlanta got their offense going and took the lead, Dallas was pretty much dead in the water because you just couldn't trust Brandon Reed and to, to break off big chunks of yardage. Yeah, he was... He was getting uh, completion after completion there. Um, I want to say he got about 17 in a row at one point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, the whole complexion of the, uh, the, the Dallas offense has obviously, obviously changed with no Romo, no Des Bryant. And then you see a guy like Lance Dunbar, 10 catches for 110 yards. So, like, Whedon was looking for, for an outlet, and Dunbar was the outlet in week three. So maybe – you know, the good news is, is maybe there's a guy that was out there on the waiver wire in Dunbar who might be uh, still available and and possibly useful in PPR context. Um, I thought that uh, Jason Witten was going to, you know, be the prime, you know, he was going to get a lot of extra targets. But, you know, he, he, caught, he caught six passes in week, uh, in week three. I, I actually do think in coming weeks he'll become, um, he'll become Whedon's best friend there for a while. But, uh, yeah, I mean uh, – when you when you're 22 of 26 and you still lose the game, that's telling you something. All right, moving to the New York Giants, they're at Buffalo this week. Tight end Daniel Fells, he has an ankle injury, did not practice on Wednesday. He and Larry Donnell, Donnell, however you want to pronounce that, have kind of split the the tight end workload. Donnell's been a little bit more productive so far. Ten catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown for him. They both had three catches in the win over Washington last Thursday. Um, I mean, are you really worried about Daniel Fells, or is it a little too early to tell right now? Well, you know, I'm not really worried about Daniel Fells because I'm probably not going to have many of my right. lineups. And uh, Larry Donnell, I guess, in deeper leagues, uh, possibly. I'm, but I'm not going to target him in uh, daily leagues either. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those tight end situations that doesn't really inspire. So, you know. Well, unless you're in a league that requires you to have a former UC Davis tight end on the roster. I mean, if you're in that type of league, Daniel Fells is probably the most valuable player. But, yeah, not a lot to to like there. The bigger news from New York today, Victor Cruz suffered a setback. Uh, it sounded like he was going to try to play week four. That was kind of the goal 
uh, you know, kind of after the preseason, it sounded like he wanted to play right away, but the coaching staff always pegged week four as that target. And now it doesn't look so certain. Yeah, uh, you know, the reports are that he felt something in his calf uh, in practice today. Now, whether that's a cramp or a tweak or an aggravation, we don't know. But it's gone from, yeah, he's he's coming back to we don't really know. And, and you know, uh, Reuben Randall and, and Odell Beckham Jr., they each caught seven passes last week. Uh, I don't necessarily think that there's a, a compelling reason to rush Victor Cruz back at this point. Um you know, especially with the setback. And there was talk that uh, Wes Welker and Hakeem Nix were getting looks from the Giants too. So I don't know, like uh, that that talk started before the setback. So I, I'm not quite sure what the Giants are thinking there. All right, let's move to the NFC North, a team with no shortage of injuries. The Green Bay Packers, they moved to 3-0 and with a pretty convincing win over Kansas City on Monday night. Devontae Adams is probably the biggest, uh, the biggest concern here. He left early in that game. I don't know if you watched this one, Mike, but he. This was right early in the first quarter, and it, there really wasn't much that looked, you know, like an injury when you saw the play happen in real time. And even on the replay, you know, the ankle didn't seem to twist too much. But he, he's out on Wednesday with a high ankle sprain. Came into Monday's game, um, you know, already with with the ankle injured, but obviously not to the point that it kept him out. Well, yeah, the uh, the term high ankle sprain definitely tends to suggest a uh, some form of absence. So. Uh, unless unless he really amps it up in practice this week, it's not looking particularly good for him. I mean, I guess that means that guys like Ty Montgomery right. and possibly Jeff Janis will see added work. Um, Do you like Montgomery? I mean, he had a touchdown on Monday night. I think his value will be a little bit inflated because of that. But, I mean, if, if Adams is out, is he the number two guy? Well, you know, it's turning into a next man up type situation, and he might be the next man up. So Right. Oh, I guess James Jones is number two. For yeah, about him. yeah, So true. Yeah, I mean, there's still... They can still be without. You could argue they're two of their top three receivers. I don't think you'd argue that. And, and but I, I do think that that offense is it supports three, you know, fantasy wideouts oh, yeah. generally. So right, um, the fact that you know Adams looks like he's going to be out at least gives Ty Montgomery a chance. And like the whole James Jones thing, it's you got to you got to admit that it's it's a nice story. Kind of picked him up off you know, let go by a couple teams that probably wish they hadn't got rid of him. But, um, you know, I don't think it's sustainable, obviously. You know, he's got the four touchdowns already. Right. And uh, it's, an, it's, it's nice that he has the rapport with Rodgers. Well, the thing is, like, if, you had, if you've started him for four weeks by ch- you know, or three weeks, excuse me, like, you almost have season-long value of what you expected for James Jones. You know, like, if, if you came in with pretty low expectations and he already has four touchdowns, I mean, a lot of receivers don't even catch four in a single season. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's sustainable. He's not going to keep reeling off these 100-yard games. And, and even his touchdown on Monday night – came on a free play and the cornerback pretty much just fell down in front of him and so that's not always going to happen and it's not always going to be raining and and have that be a, a liability there for the defense but I mean when you're playing with Aaron Rodgers the upside is so much higher than most quarterbacks definitely all right Eddie Lacy and some good news for Green Bay he was back as a full participant uh, obviously he was limited a little bit by the ankle didn't really appear to be favoring it much on Monday night Randall Cobb listed as having a shoulder injury I don't know if this is still stemming from that uh, the injury from the preseason, but he didn't look limited at all. Yeah, I mean, Three I, touchdowns Monday night. I think he's pretty much said that he's just going to tough it out. He's it's going to it's going to possibly linger for a while, and it's just going to be a pain tolerance management issue. And but obviously, <laughs> it didn't impair him in uh, in week three at all. Um, but yeah, that's 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 not going to go away totally. But he's it's going to be able to play through it. All right, and, and oh, sorry, go ahead. And I was just going to say that you know, as you touched on a little bit earlier. 
Um, in week three, Lacey got 10 carries for 46 yards. Starks, 17 for 32. I do think that they'll, they'll go back to a more standard Lacey to Starks ratio in week four in which uh, Lacey has more carries than Starks. Final note for Green Bay, and they're at San Francisco in week four. Andrew Corliss placed on IR designated to return. So he's out eight weeks now uh, with a knee injury. So Richard Rodgers um, you know, kind of looked like the number one tight end through these first few weeks, and you know, now that's not really a question at all anymore. <coughs> Excuse me. The Chicago Bears, they host Oakland. Uh, and this just blows my mind that the Raiders can move to 3-1 and one and will be favored uh, to move to three and well, one, you would think in this game. The Oakland offense looked g- good in week three, and the Bears offense looked awful. So, yeah, I mean, uh, this will be interesting. The, and the Bears defense is nothing to write home about either. So, uh, you know, Amari Cooper, Latavius Murray, owners out there, could be another good week. Right. Jay Cutler, limited at practice for the Bears. He's 50 50 at this point. I, I don't think he's really 50 50. I think it's more of a, you know, he got out there, you know, did some work. I, I, I don't really think he has a a legitimate chance to play this week I might be wrong but like maybe it's just uh to give give the Raiders something to uh, think about other than right like how awesome it's going to be to play against Jimmy Clausen right exactly Alshon Jeffrey he's still dealing with that hamstring missed the last two games still limited on Wednesday he might be a little bit closer 50-50 than Cutler yeah it sounds like he's uh, going to give it a try this weekend you know after their week three effort they they need something um and as long as he doesn't you know, experience any setbacks. I think they they really need him to to come back and and just give that offense some kind of spark. A couple of minor notes for the Minnesota Vikings. They're at a uh, excuse me at the Broncos this week. Charles Johnson missed practice on Wednesday, rib injury. Jarris Wright also missed practice. He's listed as having a hand injury, and, and it sounds like Jarris Wright might miss a game or two. Obviously, these two guys aren't really on most fantasy radars. I think Charles Johnson was to start the year, and yeah. he's pretty quickly fallen off. Definitely. A guy like Charles Johnson, people were, you know, going crazy drafting. And then, you know, guys like uh, James Jones, you know, completely outproduced them. So, you know, a lot of preseason hype there, but it didn't really amount to much. And now he's banged up. Moving to the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints, they play that Sunday night game against Dallas, the Whedon-McCown Bowl. Brandon Cooks, limited by an ankle injury. He's the Saints leader in targets so far. Drew Brees, also limited Sounds like he thinks he has a good chance to return, although we were kind of in the same boat around this time last week, and obviously he didn't end up playing. Yeah, I think the, the optimism is a little bit more realistic this week. Um, they were talking about the bruised rotator cuff and uh, just kind of a strength and pain uh, tolerance issue there. Um, I think that, yeah, they, uh, they need to get something going there, and um, I think he's going to give it a go this week. Tampa Bay, no real injuries of note, but we can talk quickly about Mike Evans who didn't play in week one, was non-existent really in week two, and then finally broke out in week three, seven catches, 101 yards on 17 targets from James Winston. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a, a, a case of him, um, you know, getting his snap count back to where it where it would be when he's healthy. And, um, yeah, he's going to be a productive guy, especially with uh, Safarian Jenkins out there for a while. It's kind of him and Vincent Jackson as the, as the only two legitimate targets, at least uh, on the wide outside there. Uh, Sims, the running back, can catch some passes as well. But, uh, yeah, I think Mike Evans is going to start producing on a regular basis there. The team the Buccaneers will be facing this week uh, in division, the Carolina Panthers. They're still undefeated. They're 3-0. Obviously hasn't, haven't had the toughest schedule thus far, and that kind of continues in week four. But still undefeated nonetheless. 
Philly Brown mispracticed on Wednesday with an illness. Probably doesn't look to be anything too serious. I guess maybe if he remains out Thursday and Friday. Yeah, for those of you in 25-team leagues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mike Tolbert, the human battering ram, did not practice. He's still dealing with a groin injury. Jonathan Stewart, maybe a little more concerning, did not practice. Sounds like he took a a hit to the tibia uh, and might be dealing with a bruise uh, after week three. So definitely something to keep an eye on there. I I don't think I'm going to panic just yet on Jonathan Stewart. I have a feeling he'll be back at practice tomorrow. And uh, if that's the case, uh, he'll be back to uh, to lead that backfield. Uh, he wasn't especially dynamic in uh, in week three, 14 carries for 52 yards. But you know he he is with D'Angelo Williams no longer around. Um, Mike Tolbert and uh, Artis Payne are getting some carries here and there. But uh, it's it's Stewart's backfield, and uh, you know they're a three and O team, so there's there's value there. All right, one last final quick note. Luke, Luke Keekley, excuse me, didn't practice. He's still in the concussion protocol uh, stemming from that hit he took in week one against the Jaguars. The Atlanta Falcons, they host Houston this week. Devin Hester remains limited Wednesday, even when he's back, probably a wide receiver four even now, given, yeah. the, given the emergence of Leonard Hankerson. Obviously, we know what Hester does on special teams. Both running backs for, for Atlanta, Tevin Coleman listed as having a ribs injury, didn't practice on Wednesday. Devontae Freeman was limited with a toe injury. Yeah, I think the Freeman thing is is, is rather minor, um, but uh, Tevin Coleman, um, you know, last week he wasn't ruled out, but previously it had been reported that he was going to miss a couple of weeks. So we're we're back at that same kind of situation where like I don't think the Falcons are declaring him out or anything like that, but it, it doesn't look especially good. Uh, and of course, Freeman had an awesome game in week in, in week three. 30 cat uh, sorry 30 carries 141 yards three touchdowns just just looked uh you know strong dynamic and confident and uh, a young Jamal Anderson yeah and that's uh that 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 backfield has been going back and forth but it's it's generally been like whoever's the healthiest is getting the starts but at least Freeman produced when he got his chance in week three so it looks like he's you know he's got a chance to uh to, to maintain that lead again yeah, and it, it, I don't think it was a fluke for Freeman by any means. I mean, he looked good. He was he was running with confidence, and, and that was a lot of fun to watch on Sunday. Julio Jones still on the injury report, uh, that, that nagging hamstring injury that's kind of been around yeah, since they, the start of the it season. it held him to 12 catches for 164 yeah, yards last week. He man. was really hot. Imagine if he wasn't dealing with this, this hamstring injury, because there are times, if I watched this Atlanta game on Sunday, and you, like, he would make a catch, get up, and you know favor the hamstring a little bit, kind of stretch it out, like, I don't think he's at 100%. He's obviously feeling well enough to play well. Do you think any of that might be gamesmanship, you know? Eh, maybe. Kind of like, uh, you know. I, if, I guess it's working if that's what it is. Uh, all right, let's move to the NFC West. Seattle, they host Detroit, as we said, on the Monday night game. Marshawn Lynch is 50-50 to start this game. Um, only five carries last week. He came out late. Uh, obviously, they, they kind of knew what they were in for, I think, with Chicago. And, you know, Lynch came out. Mid mid first quarter, he kind of wandered yeah, out the little, locker room. A little bizarre. It was it like was. Uh, he wasn't spotted during warmups, no. and I wasn't sure what that meant. It would be um, bizarre if it was anyone other than Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I mean, expect the unexpected right. with Marshawn, but like, it, it it actually wasn't anything sinister. It was just a, a matter of he felt like he needed some extra t- extra time to get prepared for the game, maybe warm up. But um, and at first it looked like, well, is this going to be one of those situations where he's just a decoy, he's in his uniform, uh, but not going to see the field? But he, he did take the field and, um, you know, got himself a new injury. And now he is legitimately a 50-50 proposition for week four. And given that it's the Monday night game, well, you know, good luck with that unless you own, you know, Thomas Rawls as a, as a plug-in. And that, and that guy 
you know, he ran well and hard, you know, 16 carries for 104 yards. Very, very impressive. I mean, not that uh, Lynch, you know, looked terrible. I mean, he had such a small sample size that, you know, you can't really fault him for low numbers and right. being banged up. But, man, Rawls looked good. I mean, now now it's starting to make sense, you know, trading Michael and, and, and letting Turbin go, even though um, Turbin could, could be playing in the next – in the next few weeks there for the Browns. Uh, they, they saw something in this undrafted rookie free agent, and, uh, I mean, fantasy owners should as well. The St. Louis Rams are at Arizona on Sunday. Kenny Britt did not practice. Second straight missed day for him. Other than that, we're not really looking at too many injuries for St. Louis. We can talk a little bit about the running back situation. Todd Gurley made his long away to debut. Um, felt like more than two weeks that he was sitting out, I guess, with as much hype as he came in with. Only nine yards on eight carries, though. Yeah, it looks kind of like a field goal kicker line. Eight yeah. for nine. But, uh, <laughs> if you're attempting nine field goals, yeah. Yeah, and, and Trey Mason, the other uh, primary ball carrier there in, in week three, nine for 16. So they were like, r- their running back numbers looked a bit like field goal right, yeah, numbers. Well, Benny Cunningham, one for 12. I mean, just a terrible kicking game Yeah, that's the worst kicking performance of <laughs> all time. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Britt, seven for 102. Just That, a, <laughs> that attempt load is just a little much. Uh, 49ers. They host Green Bay. They're in a not a great spot right now after that great showing in week one. Well, you don't want to talk more about Gurley? I thought we were going to talk Do more you want about, to talk more well, about Gurley? We can talk Gurley. I just think there's not a ton to say. I mean, he, I don't think he's a bust yet. We can throw him that label around. I think this was just... What, after one game, we, we, we haven't reached <laughs> I, our final decision on him? Well, I mean, 1.1 yards per carry. I don't know. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, Career average. I was kind of like uh, a few weeks ago suggesting that he might not be useful in fantasy till week six. Now that he's got some carries under his belt in week three, albeit uh, with with those sort of uh, results, I mean you'd have to be a real cowboy to like uh, you know want to play him uh, in week four unless you're you're in like a year long league and you hampered by bye bye weeks or injuries or something like that. Uh, you know, wait and see approach here, but I, I do think that he is going to within a few weeks be the guy, but. Uh, you know, it's going to be a gradual process there. As someone who's currently about to start Jonas Gray in a league this weekend, I would be overjoyed to get my hands on Todd Gurley, uh, even after a, a performance like he had in Week 3. All right, San Francisco, they host Green Bay. Reggie Bush practiced in full. He hasn't played since Week 1, left that game against the Vikings early. Vernon Davis has a knee strain. Doesn't really sound like that's considered serious. Those are the only injuries we're monitoring for the 49ers, but like I said, they... They're in trouble. Yeah. I had a big win in week one and two yeah. pretty uninspiring performances, and they really bottomed out in week three with Kaepernick's back-to-back pick sixes to start that game. Yeah, I was Arizona. ready to put Carlos Hyde in the Hall of Fame after after week one when he when he just he just destroyed the Vikings with 168 yards and and he just looked sharp doing it. But you know, 15 for 51 um, last week. Vernon Davis no catches last week. Um, it's just a. It, it's not much going on in that offense uh, unless uh, you know Hyde starts getting it back together there. All right, finishing out the NFC West, the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, well, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. They host, moved. They host the St. Louis Rams this week. That's, and, and we're watching the Cardinals game on TV out in the office. There's a lot, a lot going on. John Brown. Uh, limited by a shoulder injury. I think he was the guy that a lot of people expected to maybe have a breakout year. Yeah, but limited by the the renaissance of, of Larry Fitzgerald. Right, seriously. We should, yeah, we should say he was limited by Fitzgerald, not his shoulder. Honestly, I mean, Fitzgerald has been absolutely ridiculous so far. I mean, nine catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns in week three. I mean, he, he's off to the best start of his career. 
Well, I mean, la last year he definitely had some nagging injuries. Um, I don't recall uh, what his status was at the beginning of the year, but I do know that as the year progressed, he was often injured and it just, you know, and then, then Palmer got hurt. There's just all kinds of things working against him. But right now, uh, even though Palmer is coming off a, a very serious injury, he looks good, and he's definitely in sync with Fitzgerald. So that's that's good to see. And the Cardinals, I mean, if you look at the, the point differential and the record and everything, they, uh, on paper, they're, you know, I'm not going to say they're as good as the Patriots, but they're, well, on not. paper, if you want to, like, look at it like that, it's pretty impressive. I think on paper they're better than the Jaguars. I'm willing to put that out there. I've come Barely. to terms with that. I think there, people are still hesitant to throw them in that top category with you know, even one at one and two. Seattle, I think, is still up there for most people. New England, Green Bay, and, and nobody really trusts Arizona quite yet. And but, somehow they've like recycled another guy, Chris Johnson. Yeah, Chris Johnson. yeah. Chris Johnson looked great. Twenty-two carries, one hundred and ten yards, and two touchdowns, and then a forty-yard reception for him. Obviously, filling in for Andre Ellington, who hasn't played since week one. He was also limited at practice on Wednesday. Still kind of up in the air for week yeah, four. Yeah, like what's the uh, what's the compelling reason to rush him back after after Johnson had I such a good game? I probably just cut him, really. I mean. Well, I wouldn't say that, but like, uh, <laughs> I mean, the Rams, you know, are perceived as a pretty stout, um, you know, defensive front line there, and you don't want to like send somebody that's banged up or toughing it out uh, when you have an experienced guy like Chris Johnson, who, you know, in week three looked good and and produced so. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they hold Ellington back uh, one more week. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting in week four. DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event. $1.2 million goes to first place in that. If you go to DraftKings.com now and enter that promo code that we mentioned at the top of the podcast, again, that's Rotowire, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E. You can play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code Rotowire for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This is not fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. All right, let's continue with the AFC. We'll start in the Eastern Division, and we'll start with the New England Patriots, who, again, have no major injuries this week. Yeah, and they are on bye, so that, that definitely helps. And just a, a reminder out there to everybody that uh, all your wicked awesome Patriots are on bye, so no Gronk, no Gostowski, no LeGarrette Blunt Adelman. coming off the, you know, Big game in uh, week three. No Deion Lewis, of course, Edelman. But uh, anyway, uh, same, same goes for the Titans, who are also on by. And that's just a sort of a reminder to everybody that this is the time of the year where teams go on by. And the last thing you want to do is, in a, you know, any format, is bench somebody or have somebody in your lineup that's on by. You know, nothing worse than like waking up. Uh, uh, with a zero next to your kicker or, or your team defense. So, yeah. Do you think it's worse to accidentally start a player who's on a bye or start a player who's not on a bye and have them give you zero points? Well, I mean, anything's possible when uh, when a player who's in uniform steps on the field. So, I mean, if you if you start a, a, a player or a team that's on bye, there's just uh, there's just no excuse. And then right. and then you look at you know who you might have picked up and then you see that player you know go off and uh yeah it's very frustrating yeah it is also frustrating when you 
have LeGarrette Blonde on your bench and start Terrence Williams as your flex instead. So I think it can go both ways. Well, you know, I, I don't want to say that like uh, – I'm not bitter by, I'm by any no, Nostradamus or anything like that, but <laughs> I, I had a pretty good sense that LeGarrette Blunt was going to uh, – So did I. I just went against it. I know. I, why do I ever trust the Jaguars? Offense, defense, anything, really. I mean, people were looking at Blunt's like two for four stat line in, in uh, week two when he came back in his first game from a suspension. Deion Lewis is getting all the carries. Blunt's useless. But it, it was just super obvious to me as, as someone who's seen the patterns of the uh, the Patriots' backfield. I mean, you can't always, you know, understand Bill Belichick's game planning without, like, a special decoder ring or anything like that. But it, it just seemed logical that, that Blunt was going to, you know, reestablish that power game in, in week three. And, uh, yeah, three TDs. Uh, and it kind of kind of reestablished the balance that he is the he's you know back when they come back in uh, week five there he's going to be the uh, the power back early down guy and and Deion Lewis is going to settle into more of the traditional Vereen role which uh, d- doesn't usually involve double digit carries. Are right, the Buffalo Bills they play host to the New York Giants? Sammy Watkins sounds like he's unlikely to play. Did not practice on Wednesday. He's been a pretty big disappointment. Uh, he had a nice week two, but you know nothing in week one, and a, a disappointing week three as he continues to be hampered by that calf injury. Yeah, I mean he had a, a big play in uh, in week three, but yeah, he's got to stay on the field, obviously, and um, and you know there, he had issues last year on that front too. Um, you know he'll be back soon, and I think he's going to be a, a good player uh, for fantasy owners and the Bills in the in the second half, but. Uh, little frustrating to see him uh you know in and out of the lineup like that yeah Tyrod Taylor showed up on the injury report minor ankle injury doesn't look to be anything serious did just have three rush attempts in that win over Miami on Sunday um maybe a product of the ankle but it's injury a win or, over Miami right exactly and it's and a big Taylor. win over Miami so um LaShawn McCoy 11 for 16 in that game did he did he not look healthy to you or what was I that mean, just a he was night? essentially admitting uh, over the last couple of weeks that he wasn't quite a hundred percent right not quite sure why they rolled him out if that was the case but uh, you know sometimes a player can talk the coach into uh, letting him on the field oh yeah coach I can play I'll tough it out but mm-hmm. uh, a guy like him that re- relies on cutting and explosive um, you know moves uh, it's it's not a good thing to uh, be playing you know on on sort of a one and a half legs type type deal there, and uh, especially with Carlos Williams showing some uh, spark there, um, yeah. I mean, I yeah, shady. I don't think he's going to play this week. Um, so yeah, Carlos Williams, if he's out there in your league still, he probably isn't. Go get him. All right, the Miami Dolphins they host the Jets. Jonas Gray was limited on Wednesday, forty nine yards on nine carries, and in that loss to the Bills, Lamar Miller was not very effective against that um, th- that Buffalo front line. Obviously, well, that game was out of hand pretty quickly. Yeah, Miller was uh, went into uh, last week listed as questionable. He's not on right. the injury report this week, so it's not that surprising that he uh, that you know he was limited in his carries and that someone like Jonas Gray, who had up until recently been on the Dolphins practice squad, uh, could go in and get the nine carries for forty nine yards. Um, so now Gray's the one that's banged up. Um, so uh, it's a little, little hard to trust him now that he's banged up and now that Miller is presumably closer to health. But it looks like maybe um, Gray has possibly supplanted uh, Damian Williams for, um, you know, the number two back. I mean, uh, 
you did mention the flow of the game, so that that might have had something to do with with Gray getting the uh, the extra work there. So maybe not, you know, not handing him that job. But I always think that uh, somehow somebody's going to get something out of Jonas Gray after after that one game explosion that we every time we mention his name, it, it goes back to the the four touchdowns and the broken alarm clock and what could, what could have been. But uh, yeah, I mean. If Lamar Miller gets hurt again, then uh, maybe maybe there's another four touchdowns in his future, but just probably not in one game. All right, the New York Jets, like we just said, they're at Miami. Chris Ivory burned a lot of people last week by being yeah. listed as active and then not touching the ball once. Todd Bull said he expects him to play now in week four, but do you, do you even trust him at this point? Well, I mean, that is that is a hard one. When a, when a player is active um, and doesn't touch the ball, doesn't see the field, um, you just you're just gun shy, and then uh, you know, even if things are going well the, the following week, you kind of want to see him, you know, get a full and productive game in before, um, you know, turning him loose. Um, I mean, his replacement Bilal Paul, you know, ten carries, thirty-one yards, didn't exactly, you know, run with the job. I mean, he did he did get involved in the passing game with seven catches, but uh, Ivory has looked well at 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 times when he's healthy. So, I mean. As long as he's listed as probable on Friday, um, I might be inclined to play him. Uh, he was limited today. I'm guessing that there's a decent chance he's questionable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're just going to have to monitor that. And, and Todd, Todd Bowles, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that, that sends out misleading messages. So I think we'll get a pretty honest assessment by the end of the week. Jeff Cumberland, uh, he's still dealing with a concussion. He's unlikely to play in week four. Eric Decker did not play in week three, and he's still not practicing Wednesday. Um, you know, like we said, he just missed the last game. I mean, is he still a 50-50 guy for you? Uh, yeah, he's, he's 50-50, maybe even worse. Uh, I think he really needs to, to get going um, You know, as the week goes along, stating the obvious there. But I, 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 I don't sense that he's, the, that he's inclined to play through this injury until he's 100%. I mean, he said he said as much. So uh, he's pretty risky. Um, if he's in your lineup and you were counting on him, you know, maybe like uh, look at some of the Jets' secondary options there, who might be available on a lot of free agent uh, wires there. All right, let's move to the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens they get the Thursday night game, so short week for them. They're at Pittsburgh. Brashad Perriman ruled out again. Still hasn't played the rookie first rounder. Crockett Gilmore also ruled out. He opened the season as a starting tight end. Uh, he has a calf injury, suffered against the Bengals in that. And you know what that means. I do know what that means. It is Max Williams' time. And the, how many X's in Max? It, it, anywhere from two to seven, I think. I think I have six here written on our yeah. little outline. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's actually only two, but you know, that, that's negotiable. Um, he had three catches for 44 yards in this last game. Yep. Definitely not a breakout game, but you know, I mean, he showed a little bit. He, he, I mean, Gilmore played enough to catch three passes for 40 yards, and uh, it just seems logical that with Perryman out and Gilmore out um you know it's it might be time for Max Williams to I'm not saying that he's gonna have a a a huge game but you know maybe you could pencil him in for like five six catches for 45 50 yards and you know cross your fingers that maybe it's a touchdown I mean the, the the Ravens need some weapons I mean Steve Smith is pretty much superhuman at this point and he can't do it all Crazy to think that he's going to retire, especially after what he did in the fourth quarter of that game. Obviously, Baltimore ended up losing uh, in thrilling fashion, I guess you could call it, against Cincinnati. But 
Steve Smith looks as good as ever. He looks yeah, as athletic as ever. His coordination is as good as ever. If he unretires, who's going to argue with him? No, nobody. Not at all. And I, I remember reading an interview just before the start of the season with him where he was – he's pretty adamant that this is his last year. And, you know, somebody brought up that I think he's coming close to um, some milestone record. I don't know if it was touchdowns or yards or uh, – anyway, something that was going to be very close as far as production. And even he said, you know, even if I'm close, I don't really care. I'm done. But it'll be interesting because, yeah. I mean, he's playing at a very high level. And I mean, he's – I mean, I think he's one of those guys that's like, you know, honestly wants to spend time with his family. You know, his kids, you're at that age where, you know, like you want to you want to be there for him. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, but but at the same time, he is really playing well. And uh, and again, you know, like if if Steve Smith changes his mind, who's going to argue with him? Right. Exactly. All right. Cleveland Browns, they're at San Diego. Kind of surprising uh, name that popped up on their injury list today. Travis Benjamin with a rib injury. He was limited. So He's probably, just a surprising name in general. He is. He is. At 10 catches, 249 yards, and four touchdowns. And he also has a return games. TD as well. And a return touchdown. So he's been one of the biggest game breakers really in the league. Most of those touchdowns coming on long throws, if not if not all of them, right? I know at least three of them. I, I specifically remember. I'm not sure about the four. Well, he's, but, he's been easily the most dangerous uh, Cleveland right. Brown. And um you know, with Dwayne Bowe just kind of like not doing anything, uh, whether or not he's just not a good fit for the for the team, or if his his uh, injury uh, is lingering. I don't even think he's on the injury report this week, but he's been inactive two out of three games there, and uh, getting paid a lot to sit around and while Travis Benjamin runs around and catches passes and scores touchdowns. That's another one that's probably not sustainable, but it is a good story and. Um, you know, even Brian Hartline caught five passes for 96 yards, showed some chemistry with McCown. So there there might be something coming out of that uh, Cleveland offense now that McCown is back and he's sort of getting familiar with his preferred weapons there. I actually saw an interesting stat. Speaking of the Browns, I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about the Falcons. Um, we just talked about Travis Benjamin's hot streak that he's been on. Um but I, you know, Julio Jones has kind of been the big name among receivers, and there's so many star receivers oh, yeah. around the league this uh, you know this season, especially. But I mean, he's he's been dominant, been the best player on the field in every game that he's played so far. But I just read this morning that he's still 335 yards away from breaking the the four game receiving yard record, and that is held by Josh Gordon, which I had no idea. I mean, that must have been within the last couple of years, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Josh Gordon. I mean. If you go to the Cleveland Browns roster, he's at the bottom uh, <laughs> with some uh, suspended, designated by commissioner designation there. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's too bad. I mean, the guy the guy had obviously had plenty of talent there. Uh, Julio Jones just getting it done, as we said earlier. Right. And, you know, Leonard Hankerson is kind of, as you touched on briefly there, he's he may be – I don't want to say that he's completely overtaken Roddy White, but if you look at – Week three's box score, you, you start to get that idea, and and if I see that one more time, I might I might be wondering if uh, it's a changing of the guard or if maybe just Roddy White has. Some well, sort Roddy White's of just un- not getting targeted. It seems like I've watched I think two of those first three Falcons games, and he's just doing a lot of blocking, and he's really good at it. He's one of the best blocking receivers in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just I don't know if he's not getting open. I don't know if it's just simply. You know, we're looking more for Hankerson and obviously Julio. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I think it's getting to the point where if you're a Roddy White owner, you have to be pretty worried. Yeah, I mean, Roddy White usually has, you know, spells every year where he's he's injured and maybe limited or something like that. But as far as I know, he's fine, and, and mm-hmm. that's, that's what's a little troubling. Right. Is that when he's healthy, he's being um, outperformed by Hankerson, who 
you know, couldn't cut it with Washington. Right. I dug up the numbers on Josh Gordon real quickly. That four-game span was from uh, November 17th through December 8th. Uh, all, of these were, all these came in losses, which is incredible in its own right. Uh, but he went 125 yards, 237 yards, 261 yards, and 151 yards in consecutive weeks. That 100, excuse me, 151 coming against New England, Mike. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to mention who the 261 came. I'm assuming against it was it, uh, some quality garbage time points. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. That was exact context. There. It was a close game, 32 to 28. Uh, obviously, the Browns did lose, or excuse me, 26 to 27. That was so oh, wow. a close loss. Um, yeah, maybe that was just a nice gesture by New England to kind of yeah. allow them to have a nice day there. All right, nothing we want to talk about with the Cincinnati Bengals. They're pretty much healthy heading into their matchup with Kansas City on Sunday. The Steelers, as we mentioned, they get the Thursday night game. So they suffer a huge injury, Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody knows about that by now. Four to six weeks, sprained MCL. And now Mike Vick, who came on in relief of Roethlisberger, five for six, uh, passing, I think he only had 30-ish yards, so not, not a lot of downfield action there. Two rushes for negative two yards. He only has a short week to prepare now with that Thursday night matchup with uh, a very desperate 0-3 Baltimore team. Yeah, like everybody else, I'm really not sure what to make of the whole Michael Vick, uh, like what his prospects are out of the gate there. Uh, of course, everybody has you know memories of him being a, an amazing scrambler and using his legs to you know create offense or at times escape bad situations but at, at this point in his career I don't think that he has quite the evasiveness I don't think um, so and but you know what he's still he's still very evasive though well above average mobility. yeah well above average but just not the the phenomenal blur of a, of a runner I think that he, that he I was. think everyone every guy around my age within one or two years is like Michael Vick had to be your favorite player at some point between like 2001 yeah, and 2006. You know, before some things happened, before there, a couple things he happened, he was a highly highly entertaining. He was a, an electric player, and even right. if you, you know, weren't a Falcons fan, uh, you you had to appreciate the excitement he brought to the table. And the one thing that like people, you know, people will mention it now and then, but you know, he throws a pretty pass, and he he can throw it hard too. And um, I mean, I think it's it hinges on the Steelers giving him good protection. Um, and of course, Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. But prior to him getting hurt, uh, it seemed like they were doing a pretty good job of, uh, you know, keeping the pocket uh, relatively quiet for him. So, um, I mean, definitely Mike Vick has a chance. Um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how how his uh, his injury affects somebody like Antonio Brown. Um, I, I mean, almost think that's the bigger concern for people. Yeah, you know, I mean, is, like, is how much does how much does Brown's production tail off? How much does Le'Veon Bell in the passing game maybe lose a little bit? Um, and now with Martavis Bryant coming back next week, you know, he comes back into a situation where he doesn't have a starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that uh, unless Vic starts, you know, airing it out, and like I said, he's capable of that, but I, I just have a feeling that, uh, you know, Antonio Brown's production is going to suffer somewhat. I mean, he caught 11 passes last week, but that was mostly with uh, Big Ben before he got hurt. Um, you know, obviously you don't bench Antonio Brown, but you you start thinking, well, you know, what – Where's the production going to get shuffled around a little bit? And, and uh, I don't know, maybe Heath Miller sees a few extra targets. Um, um, Marcus Wheaton has uh, kind of been disappointing. And, and like you said, Martavis Bryant's coming back um, in, in week five. And uh, that, that was kind of a – I was pretty high on the, the Wheaton uh, hype and uh, it hasn't really panned out too well. Uh, you know, and Bell is back. And, um, yeah, I think 
I think he's a pretty solid play no matter what. He's going to get a share of carries. Um, got right back into the passing game in his first game back. And uh, D'Angelo Williams, predictably, uh, the carries dried up for him. Yeah, I think I think we all saw that coming. All right, let's move to the AFC South. We'll start with the Jaguars. They uh, The co-leader yes. of the AFC South with three other teams, the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Division, <laughs> division lead is on the line somehow uh, as they face Indianapolis in week four. Uh, I don't remember what Jacksonville did in week three. I think they won. I don't remember, don't remember who they played or what the score was. But I'm pretty sure they yeah, won. Yeah, that slips my um, mind too. Uh, yeah, it was an easy <laughs> win if I recall. Um, but quite a few injuries uh, on offense, especially for them this week. Starting Alvin, with their pr- injured pride. Yeah, we had a oh, fractured it just, pride. It just uh, came back. Uh, yeah, dislocated <laughs> dignity. Um, there was as many points as there are Heinz flavors or something like that. I don't even want to get into it. That 51. Was, that 51. was a, a gross game. I feel like I needed to clear my internet history after I streamed that one. <laughs> um, but Alan Hearns, limited with a thigh injury. He had the same designation last week, ended up playing in this one, caught a garbage time touchdown. Um, so, you know, if you started him as a, as a third receiver, as a flex, um, then you probably got your money's worth you know, there. like Marquise Lee is so hurt so often Super that, hurt. that uh, guys like Alan Hearns are just, you know, he's getting the starts. Um, I don't know. This, this not, not to, uh, you know, make you, try to make you feel better after the 51-17. Uh, I'm just guessing the score because I didn't really pay attention to that too much. But, uh, I mean – this looks like kind of an interesting trap game. I mean, Indianapolis is a little bit reeling right now. We're going to talk about Andrew Luck in a bit, but, like, um, they got a banged-up quarterback. They have uh, some buzz that the coach is maybe, you know. Pagano's gone unless they win yeah. the Super Bowl. I think that goes without saying. And I like Frank Gore. He actually had a good week this week, um, you know, helped, helped the Coastal their first win. But some of those tra- changes were just not – they didn't quite generate the awesomeness that that was expected. On you know, Andre Johnson's not doing much. So, I mean, if ever there was a time for for the Jaguars to pull an upset, I, I do think that the Colts are a little vulnerable. And I think when you looked at the schedule, you know, at week you're at week one, and you're thinking, oh man. They're playing the Colts in week four. That's well. This game, right? Yeah. This game is a lot more. Or it looks on paper a lot more winnable than it did even two or three weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, Indianapolis, I think, is kind of in that same boat as Philadelphia, where they got their win in week three. They, you know, silenced I mean, the doubters for now. But neither team really it, it looked that good. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty win. And, right. Exactly. And, and Luck uh, didn't put up the big numbers, and now he's hurting. Right. Uh, Denard Robinson didn't practice. He's almost for sure going to be ruled out for week four. Could miss a couple more weeks after that. He's got a knee strain uh, or sprain, I believe. So what? what yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think he's playing this week. We don't need to worry about him or or Toby Gerhardt, even though he's healthy. What about Yeldon? I mean, he um, eleven carries, thirty three yards against the Patriots. Like, uh, what's what's your take on him? What, what what are his prospects this week? Is this the week? He I I like him a lot more this week than I did last week. I mean, this, this is just your typical situation where. Um, you get down big in a game, and you're just, you're not going to yeah. be pounding TJ Yeldon. And no, that that's true. I I just didn't see a, a whole lot, you know. But, he but you're right. It was there. It yeah. was a situational issue there for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely a disappointing week. That, that goes without saying. But um, you know, not a guy. I don't. I don't think it's worth benching over this performance. I mean, if he comes back and and only gets twelve or thirteen carries again against Indianapolis, then then maybe we can talk. But I don't think I'd be willing to cut bait with him yet. Like you mentioned, Marquise Lee, he didn't practice. Um, left last week's game pretty early, didn't come back in, but then said, oh, I could have come back in. Um, but now, now he's not practicing Wednesday. So th- those aren't really the actions of someone who says they, they could have played on Sunday. So 
not a guy I would be using in any lineups. Yeah. Might end up playing, who knows? But it, I mean, this is getting a little ridiculous. He's been listed as questionable with a hamstring injury for what feels like every single week for the last season and a quarter. Yeah, he's sort of like a, now playing the part of Darren McFadden, Marquise right. Lee. Right, exactly. Julius Thomas remains on the injury report. Sounds like he's probably not going to play in week four, almost definitely not going to play. Uh, week five has kind of always been the target, I think, for him as he still comes back from that hand-slash-finger injury that he suffered during the preseason. Um, I know you have a little note on him from the Jags beat writer. Well, yeah, the Jags beat writer is, is actually speculating uh, week week six and um, kind of noted that even though he's like on the field in a limited capacity uh, and got rid of the cast, he's got some kind of like splint wrap thing around his his, his, his hand and... Thomas himself is has acknowledged that he's not clear yet. Doesn't really have a timetable. Um, and Mercedes Lewis, a bit of a disappointment there. But uh, Clay Harbor, I mean, not that anyone was playing Clay Harbor last week, but three catches, forty-three yards, and a touchdown. It is is he worth like a, a bit of a dart this week, or was that just a, a fluke? Uh, that, that's a bit of a fluke. I don't think he's worth uh, much at all. I, I don't think there's a Jaguars tight end you want to own unless or until, excuse me, Julius Thomas gets back. And even then, I think he's a guy I'd want to see play a couple games in this offense before I'm willing to to make a trade or, or even think about signing him if he's a free agent in certain leagues. The Houston Texans, they're at Atlanta this week. Jonathan Grimes, the running back, did not practice on Wednesday. Arian Foster, still a limited participant. Sounds like he could end up being a game-time call. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's essentially been spelled out by by Coach Bill O'Brien. The uh, He's been limited for, for a bit now, but uh, the the Texans beat writers are essentially saying that the the team wants him to get some uh, you know string of full practices in before they play him. It's you know it's already Wednesday here, so I don't know unless he gets a full practice in on Friday, it's going to be a game time decision. And um, I would guess that they would probably err on the side of caution, especially after Alfred Blue actually performed well in Week Three, uh, thirty one carries, one hundred thirty thirty nine yards, looked looked good. I'm not saying that he's, you know, when that he's ready to like mount a challenge for, you know, the top job when Foster's healthy, but there's at least uh, enough there for them to maybe, you know, pump the brakes on Foster uh, if he's, you know, at 90%. Why not just wait to get him at 100 and maybe thereby decrease the um, the chance that he aggravates the injury? Ryan Mallett showing up on the injury report as well. He was limited Wednesday with what the, the staff is calling a chest injury. Probably just sound like they're being cautious there, not a whole lot to worry about. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of buzz about that from the uh, the Texans beat writers. And, um, yeah, uh, I mean, unless he uh, doesn't practice um, at some point during the week, that, that was probably more of a maintenance thing there. All right, Tennessee, they have a bye this week. Nothing to really note for them. The Colts, like we like we mentioned, they host Jacksonville. Backup running back Josh Robinson was limited with a back injury on Wednesday. The bigger news is Andrew Luck was limited with a shoulder injury. Initially, this looked to be something that people were kind of freaking out about for a couple minutes, and then it you know quickly surfaced that it's nothing serious. Chuck Pagano said he has, quote, supreme confidence that Luck will be fine and, and will be out there in week four. Yeah, and then Luck says he fully ex- expects to play, but they still call him day-to-day. Um and Luck doesn't seem like the kind of guy that just shows up on the injury report randomly. So there's there's an issue, but uh, it, it's expected that he's going to play through it. All right, let's finish up with the AFC West. Not a ton to talk about here, as there really hasn't been through the first couple weeks of the season. The Broncos are virtually injury-free from a fantasy perspective. Same goes for the Chiefs. They did get off the schneid, though, on Monday yeah. night and finally got 
a touchdown from a receiver. Jeremy Macklin had a huge game. He was the one to catch that touchdown. He had eight catches for 141 yards. The first wide receiver touchdown since week 14 of the 2013 season. Yeah, and that was Dwayne Bow in, in a snowy game. And uh, We all remember it so fondly. Yeah, Dwayne Bow when he was good. Yes. All right, the Chargers. Jacoby Jones didn't practice. Uh, not a lot of fantasy value for a guy like him. Phillip Rivers, not on the report, but he did leave the game uh, in week three, left late, and uh, excuse me, Kellen Clements came on to finish. It, it, it looked like maybe there was an injury situation there, but I think they just pulled Rivers in what wasn't a close game, and, uh, and he didn't play the final series. Ladarius Green, still limited by a concussion. He's had two of those in the last calendar month. Um, so you know, obviously the team is taking it very seriously. Yeah, and they waived the, their uh, like depth tight end. Uh, Kyle um, Miller. Yeah, the, 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 the great Kyle Miller. Yes. Um, all you Chargers fans out there, let's see if he's got that jersey at the pro shop. <laughs> no, but uh, when you wave a you know a guy that was signed essentially as insurance um, when Green was concussed, it it does seem to point in the direction of Green being available, unless of course the Chargers have something else in mind like uh, another tight end they want to bring in. Right. But uh, yeah, definitely not um, a lock to play. But uh, you, you can you can be sure that Green wants to play. You know why, right? Why is that? Because Antonio Gates, uh, his suspension will be completed after. Yeah, so this weeks. is basically Green's last chance to to really take the reins. I guess is that number one tight end, like you said, with Anth- Antonio Gates coming back for Week Five. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to. I mean, just by you know you know bad luck, I guess uh, he hasn't really been able to establish himself out of the gate this year. So at best, he has a, a you know is able to play, and that's not even a lock and has a good game and maybe makes a case for a share of the tight end load. But as long as Antonio Gates is healthy and in shape and, you know, I don't know what he's been doing uh, in the last four weeks there to, to, you know, to maintain his football shape. I mean, he's, he's, he's a guy that like, you know, does, doesn't always look uh, fast and explosive, um, you know, with that body type of his, but, you know, he's still getting it done as of last year. All right, we'll finish up quickly with the Oakland Raiders. They're at Chicago. Only note we have uh, that, that we're keeping an eye on, Taiwan Jones, the backup running back, did not practice with a foot injury on Wednesday. Had just two carries. Latavius Murray went off for 139 yards in, in that Week 3 win. But Taiwan Jones is still the backup, so yeah. a name to keep an eye on if anything were to happen to Murray. Yeah, that's a, you know, a little bit strange that they, um, they brought back Jones as a running back after trying him out as a DB and, you know, Obviously, they weren't thrilled with his initial development as a, as a running back early on in his career. But, yeah, I mean, there's no question that it's Murray's backfield. But, uh, you know, I guess Taiwan Jones is his backup and, you know, Roy, Roy Hillou is around. But uh, it's just a – I don't know what, what happens if uh, Murray gets hurt. Um, they'd probably just have to go out and sign somebody. And there's – I, I don't have the list of interesting free agent names out there, but uh, there aren't many. But there, but there are at every position. There's guys that uh, everybody's heard of. That uh, yeah. You know, every time there's an injury, oh, I wonder what Steven Jackson's up to. Mm-hmm. Or Monte Ball. You Monte know. Ball, yes, that's an interesting. Well, our own Roto is Jake Latarski, who who hosts this podcast. I think on Tuesdays. I'm not sure which, which day anymore. He said he recently saw Monty Ball at, at Buckingham's like two weeks ago. Oh, really? I think it was two weeks ago as of was he, Friday. Like, working out. He was not working out. Buckingham's is a local, uh, no, a local watering hole. Well, no, no, not, not yeah. you, for listeners. That's right. Um, located just, what, 50 feet from the Rotowire office, maybe a little more. 
Um, so yeah, good to see good to see Monty's back in town. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing. I don't think Jake talked yeah, to him. No, but, I'm not trying to say anything bad about people going to Buckingham. Oh no, but, nothing wrong with going. But to I mean, like um, Monte Ball, you would expect at this point that he would be. I don't know, like uh, at the gym trying to... Like not at Buckingham's <laughs> on a Well, you know, like I, I just wonder what's going on. Like uh, there's there's teams that have running back depth issues and right. and he's still a free agent. So um, I, do, I have him in one league where there's like nothing on the free agent wire worth picking up. So I've, I've kept Ball at the end of my bench just thinking that he's one injury away. You know, like somebody, like again, like if something happens to Latavius Murray, it, you know, Monty Ball, you better turn your phone on, man, because uh, that, that might be the call. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's just one of a, a few guys. I mean, Ahmad Bradshaw is, is available as a free agent. Pierre Thomas. Uh, these are guys that... John uh, Clay. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> those are just the ones off the top of my head, and I, I, did, I did guess I did mention Steven Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you just worry about guys that that are sidelined you know for the first few weeks of the season even though um you know you might say oh fresh legs uh, but rust and uh you worry about that with those guys all right that gets us through all 32 teams or i guess you know all 30 teams that are playing this week um anything else you want to talk about uh not really uh i just i want a full report on the um the status of your leftwich jersey and also um It'd just be interesting to see if anybody uh, responds to uh, my plea to send Nick Whale and Jaguar swag. Yeah, we'll see if we get any uh, any suspicious packages at the Roto office over the next couple of days. We'll definitely and, keep an eye out for I'm that. I'm all set with Patriot stuff, so you, you know, focus on Nick's needs here. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I appreciate you uh, trying to appeal, get the masses to help me out. I just figure that there's more like disposable Jaguars stuff floating around the universe than there is Patriots. What stuff. does that mean? Disposable? Well, you know, unbelievable. Like, uh, no, no. I'm not giving up my Gronk jersey or <laughs> you know my even my Wes Welker uh, t-shirt. You know, it's, it's got it's got some good value still. I I can't even believe you dipped that low. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com. They are the leader in daily fantasy sports. Again, you can use the promo code RotoWire when you make your deposit on DraftKings. You'll get a free contest entry today. Also, be sure to check out RotoWire. You can get 10 free days of RotoWire access if you just go to rotowire.com slash pod. That'll bring you to a page where you just have to enter in your, your name. I think you have to create a username and a password, and that's just about it. No payment info. Uh, you don't have to put in your address, your phone number, anything like that. Um, just lots, to, lots of good stuff out there. Lots of good stuff out there. You, help, get, to, you, manage your you team. get to read all of Mike's injury analysis throughout the week. Um, <laughs> you know, NBA season starting up soon, so... Um, you know, obviously hockey. plenty of content. Hockey, I've heard of that. I've heard that's a good time. Yeah, uh, that's mean, starting up soon. I guess daily daily fantasy football has definitely changed the complexion of things. It in has. That, in that, like, I, I remember there's been years where, like, by week four, if you, if you only have a couple, three teams, and if you're just having one of those years, you can disengage rather early. Um, I mean, I don't think I ever disengaged that early. But I've definitely seen how, like, you know, other owners, they'll they'll just they'll just kind of they'll go um, one and five, and then they'll stop making moves and stuff. But at least with fantasy, daily fantasy, you know, you're you you never take your foot off the gas pedal. You you need to know the info week after week, uh, even if your your hometown team uh, you're you're doing bad. So. Yeah, that's that's where we come in. Uh, you know, we we get you the info you need before your drafts and auctions, and 
and then uh, help you throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. Like like we said, lots of great stuff on rotowire.com. If you go to rotowire.com slash pod, you can get 10 free days of access, no strings attached. All right, Mike, that's all we have for today. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will be back on Thursday. Thanks, Nick.